0: Give O heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. For He is a rock, His work is perfect, for all His ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice, Righteous and upright is He. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O word, earth, the words of my mouth. For I proclaim the name of the Lord. Ascribe greatness to our God. For He is the rock. His work is perfect. For all His ways are just. God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Do not lose heart, do not lose heart, take care my soul that you not lose heart. Do not lose heart, do not lose heart, heart. eternity matters, so do not lose heart. How can I pray when my heart is broken? How can I praise when I see so much pain? How can I try through the many trials? How can I grow when it feels as Do not lose heart. Eternity matters, so do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Take care, my soul, that you not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Do not lose heart. Eternity matters, so do not lose heart. Why do I strive to help the Why do I stand up to name his good name?
1: Why do I fight in the battle endless?
0: Why do I shun all the pleasures of shame? Why do I cry when the world is careless? Why do I preach that the Savior came? Do not lose heart, do not lose heart, Eternity matters, so do not lose heart. Do not lose heart, do not lose heart. Take care, my soul, that you not lose heart. Do not lose heart, do not lose heart. heart. Eternity matters, so do not lose heart. Here I shall preach, till my voice is silenced. Here I shall work till my strength fades away. Here I shall love till my heart stops beating. Here I shall walk in the light of the day. Here I shall press on to the finish. Here I shall hear my spirit say, Do not lose heart, do not lose heart. Eternity matters, so do
1: not Zephaniah chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Woe to the city of oppressors, rebellious and defiled. She obeys no one. She accepts no correction. She does not trust in the Lord. She does not draw near to her God. Her officials within her are roaring lions. Her rulers are evening wolves who leave nothing for the morning. Her prophets are unprincipled. They are treacherous people. Her priests profane the sanctuary and do violence to the law. The Lord within her is righteous. He does no wrong. Morning by morning, he dispenses his justice. And every new day, he does not fail. Yet the unrighteous know no shame. What people group is being described here? When you look at verse 5 you see that it it says the lord within her is righteous you can't help but see that we're talking about the children of god we're talking about the people of god we're talking about jerusalem that's where the name of the lord was to be placed remember so what people group are being described it's the people of god who is held responsible for what's happening here notice who's described in verses three and four the officials are held accountable The rulers are held accountable the prophets the priests these are the people groups who are held accountable now obviously there might be a little bit of differences as to who would be held accountable for things today but yet those categories at least in part still exist so who is held responsible those are the people the leaders of the nation the nation of Jerusalem should have known better, shouldn't they have? Why should they have known better? Well, they've had examples. Look with me at the next few verses. Verses 6 through 8. The Lord says, I have destroyed nations. Their strongholds are demolished. I have left their streets deserted with no one passing through. Their cities are laid waste. They are deserted and empty. Of Jerusalem, I thought, surely you will fear me and accept correction then her place of refuge would not be destroyed, nor all my punishment come upon her. But they were still eager to act corruptly in all they did. Therefore, wait for me, declares the Lord, for the day I will stand up to testify. I have decided to assemble the nations, to gather the kingdoms, and to pour out my wrath on them, all my fierce anger. The whole world will be consumed by the fire of my jealous anger. Now, So far in this chapter, it sounds a lot like the first two chapters. And by the way, if you're just now coming into the study, we already looked at this morning, the first two chapters, and we saw that the significance of the day of the Lord, that time whenever God steps into history, so to speak, and adjusts things, brings people back to the truth, back to where they need to be going. Jerusalem, Israel, Judah. The people of God. They saw other nations fall before their eyes. I mean, keep in mind about the whole Exodus account. You had this world leader of Egypt who just fell before their eyes. But you know, as time went on, Israel saw other nations rise and fall. They saw the Assyrians rise to power and fall, they saw the Babylonians rise and fall. Then they saw others as well that came after them. They saw the Persians and the Greeks, and eventually they saw the Romans. Now we're we're way in, in history there. We're up to the time of Jesus at that point. But nevertheless, they saw other nations fall. They saw God's judgment being carried out in their very world during their very days. Why should they think that they were any different? Whenever they start behaving just like all the other nations, Why do they think that they're gonna be treated differently? What about us today? Now, yes, things are a little different because we don't have a whole nation that's really dedicated to us following God. It's it's not exactly like that. We, as the church, are are called this nation. We are the body of Christ. But yet, why should we think that we are any different? What happens if we misbehave? What happens if, if we see these examples? Now, thousands of years of history we have behind us. To be able to show us what God has done to people who disobeyed in times past. What do you think is going to happen to us if we disobey today? Israel, they should have known better. So should we. Look at verse 7. This is what God thought. Of Israel, I thought, surely you will fear me and accept correction. Then if you keep looking, you see that there would have been some benefits to that. The punishment wouldn't have come. They wouldn't have had to experience the day of the Lord like the other nations. But at the end of this verse, we see that they were still eager to act corruptly in all they did. They should have known better. So should we. But they didn't do better. Will we? However, in the next few verses of this chapter, and really through the rest of this chapter, we see that restoration is coming. Now, this is a promise that God gave Israel that they would be restored. Let's look at those images of restoration and see the, the, the type of restoration that God talks about. Let's look at verses nine through 13 now. Then I will purify the lips of the people that all of them may call on the name of the Lord and serve him shoulder to shoulder. From beyond the rivers of Cush, my worshipers, my scattered people will bring me offerings. On that day, you, Jerusalem, will not be put to shame for all the wrongs you have done to me, because I will remove from you your arrogant boasters. Never again will you be haughty on my holy hill, but I will leave within you the meek and the humble. The remnant of Israel will trust in the name of the Lord. They will do no wrong. They will tell no lies. The deceitful tongue will not be found in their mouths. They will eat and lie down, and no one will make them afraid you look at this image of restoration how can this type of restoration happen in a nation well when you look at verse 9 i think that we get this answer and that has to do with purification purification that talks about in verse 9 the lord says then i will purify the lips of the people that all of them may call on the name of the lord and serve him shoulder to shoulder purification must happen purification has to happen that just means being made pure how can we be made pure well you know there's there's various images that have been used uh, throughout history that, that kind of show us about the importance of being pure and coming to god in pure of heart i can't help but but think back to another one of the prophets if you remember isaiah the prophet in isaiah chapter six Whenever he recognizes that he is standing before the very presence of God, he says he's unclean, he's unworthy, he's unholy. He he just really keeps making that case that he's just not pure. And then God sees to it that one of the angels that surrounds his throne takes a coal and puts it to his lips. And his lips are cleansed and the rest of his is cleansed also. That shows us something wonderful. It's a very visual illustration of what Jesus Christ was going to do years later, and now what Jesus Christ has already done. Purification, it was so important. I mean, that's why sometimes even whole books of the Bible were written. You look at the book of Leviticus, and all of that dealt with being pure. Whether that was, uh, whether that was some ritualistic purity or or some type of you know physical impurity that they needed to to cleanse themselves of purity was such a part of that book and so much needed in the nation it's happened in times past and now it happens through Jesus Christ Jesus Christ is the one who cleanses us from all of our sins he purifies us and he did all these things on the cross this is the message that we proclaim We've got to recognize that we have the rest of the story. We've got the good news that completes the story. So every piece of of restoration like this, that we look at this and we see, that's a beautiful image. That's wonderful for Israel to be able to be restored like that, for the people of God to be restored like that. Now we know the rest of it. We see that the people of God are restored because of Jesus Christ. You know, whenever you actually look at it through history and you see some of the, the instances of purification and restoration that are being described in the prophets and you see what God wanted from his people you find out that in history it oftentimes didn't quite live up to that expectation because well sadly the people fell short of it they they wouldn't they wouldn't go all the way in following God but true restoration full restoration did indeed happen with Jesus Christ that's why he went to the cross. That's, that's why he did willingly do that all for us so that we could be purified. And so that we have the rest of this story to tell people the rest of the good news. We see a, another image that's being described here that was also described in the first couple of chapters. And that is this remnant of Israel. In verse 12, we see the remnant of Israel will trust in the name of the Lord. This remnant represents, remember, those who are faithful. Not all of Israel were faithful to God, but that remnant is always faithful. That remnant is what's brought through. That remnant is what's going to see this restoration because God has made sure of that. There's more about this restoration though. Let's keep reading verse 14 now. Verses 14 through 17. Seeing daughter Zion, shout aloud, Israel, Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day they will say to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord, your God, is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you. With singing as you look at this passage and you see this beautiful image and you see all of this this wonderful celebration that's taking place I can't help of course but notice all these times that it talks about the Lord being with his people I mean that is what Jesus in fact is he is God with us his name it means God saves and he himself god did save through jesus christ the lord is with us we see in verse 17 a phrase that we actually already saw in the first couple of chapters the lord your god is with you the mighty warrior who saves do you remember the first time that that was used back in chapter 1 verse 14 then the way that it was described was like this i'm going to read that again 1 the great day of the lord is near near and coming quickly The cry on the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty warrior shouts his battle cry. And if you keep reading, you find out that this mighty warrior and that battle cry, you find out that it's described in not all that very good terms because it's not gonna be a good day. It's gonna be a day of judgment, a day whenever sin is going to be dealt with. However, notice that we see the same phrase showing up again. We see the mighty warrior. But now we see something else about this mighty warrior, something that is so important. The mighty warrior is the one who's bringing about salvation. He is the one who saves. Do you recognize that before the first time that we saw this in in verse 14, that mighty warrior is being described and, and sometimes it could be looked at as being negative because if you are full of sin and if that's the type of lifestyle that you live, then this mighty warrior is actually opposed to you. And he is, he is opposed to that wickedness, that evil, that sinfulness that is in the world. But because he's opposed to that, the mighty warrior is also the one who saves. He's the one who saves us. And once again, of course, we're reading this as Christians, so we should recognize and, and not shy away from the fact that all of these things can be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, he was that mighty warrior who saves, but he didn't do it with a sword in his hand. He did it by going to a cross. Jesus Christ has brought these things for us. Jesus Christ has brought us through these things. Jesus Christ is our mighty warrior. Here's one final slide that we'll notice and we will will see even more of this picture of restoration. This time verses 18 through 20. I will remove from you all who mourn over the loss of your appointed festivals, which is a burden and a reproach for you. At that time, I will deal with all who oppressed you. I will rescue the land. I will gather the exiles. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have suffered shame. At that time, I will gather you. At that time, I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord. And in this final passage, we see that this restoration image is, is still even carried out further. All of these different ways, we see this restoration we see this, this wonderful image, not just of things here on this earth, but also in the heavens. We see this wonderful restoration that God himself participates in. That last slide that we noticed, I, I forgot to make mention of it, but in verse 17, it even refers to God himself rejoicing and God himself singing. This type of restoration is when heaven and earth can be restored, so to speak. This restoration was promised and it was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Will you take part in this restoration? Will you see these things happen before our very eyes? Because you look at verse 19, God promises he's going to rescue the lame. He's going to gather the exiles and he's going to do great things in their midst. You know, it's some of those same phrases that Jesus Christ quoted to John the Baptist. Whenever John asked him, are you the one that we've been waiting for? He says, look, the lame, they're walking. And the blind are receiving their sight. And all of these things, all this oppression that has been against God's people, Jesus Christ did away with And he made it right. Will you take part in this restoration? Will you choose to be restored? Will you choose to take part in things being made right again with God and man? This is most certainly what God wants. There's no question about that. The question is do we want it bad enough to work with God and to see it through? Ooh.